Hey fam, we at Llama Leadership take resiliency seriously and we are going on a short vacation. But don't worry, over the next several weeks, we will continue to deliver new content in the form of Llama Leadership Thoughts while revisiting and rebooting some of our favorite past episodes. We are so grateful for your continued support and we look forward to bringing you more brand new and value-added long-form discussions in August. As always, be safe, stay healthy, keep growing, and for now, Llamas out. Yo, welcome back to the Llama Lounge, a dialogue on all things life, learning, and leadership. This is Joe Bogdan, and we are honored to have another amazing guest in the lounge with me today, a man with more than 25 years of basketball coaching experience has left a positive impact on so many athletes, some of which are now playing in the NBA and others who have gone to play in some of the country's most elite programs, such as Duke, Kentucky, and Michigan State. Coach Jim Huber, welcome to the lounge. Coach, how are you? Doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. We're really excited to have you on as well. Um, I think some of the topics we're going to go into are just amazing and they're timeless and they're just, they expand way beyond anything that is due with sports as well. To get started, you know, we're in a, a very unique year, to put it mildly. Uh, a lot of different things have been occurring and I was hoping you would share, you know, maybe where you're currently located and how are things in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I'm in Kansas City, and uh, so since uh, pretty much March, uh, we were traveling, but then uh, COVID-19 hit, so we're like, okay, we got to, we're in Atlanta, so we uh, we're, were scheduled to be on a flight to go somewhere, and my wife's like, uh, we're taking the rental car, and we're driving straight from Atlanta back to Kansas City, mm. and so that's what we did, and it's funny, you know, we're going through, like, stopping at, um, you know, convenience stores, or whatever, you know, I have a um, a seven-year-old and at the time four-year-old now he's five they want to touch everything she's like okay you're going in you're going to go to the restroom we're going to have notes we're coming back sanitizing our hands all this <laughs> so but we get back and then of course the kids uh school was canceled so um now we had them at home and then that's kind of lasted even into the fall we're at uh, there's some virtual hybrid people in person so it's funny like my wife I was like, okay, all right, kids, uh, let me introduce you to the principal. It's uh, Miss Ashley. Mm-hmm. Let me introduce you to your teacher, Miss Ashley. Let me <laughs> introduce you to the lunch lady, Miss Ashley. <laughs> let me introduce your PE per, uh, teacher, Miss Ashley. So it's been different. You know, it's uh, more at home and uh, you're having yeah. to uh, take more responsibility. But as we talked about, like you being quarantined, it yeah. caused you to kind of think about what's really important in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, to value that and uh, kind of self-reflect and how you become better through a situation like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, sometimes it can be difficult, but when you make that deliberate effort to see, you know, what, what's the growth opportunity here? Um, you know, we can definitely be stronger on the side, but you know, it's definitely a choice that we got to make for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, Hey coach, whenever we have a guest in the lounge, we love to ask them to tell their story as we have found that, you know, we can often glean some wisdom from the stories of others. So we're hoping if you could share with us how uh, coach Huber became the man he is today. Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, kind of born and raised in Kansas City area, but, you know, school, played a lot of sports. And when I got uh, done uh, playing sports, played in college, I wanted to coach. My dad was a, he coached many different sports. And that's something I kind of, uh, kind of was inspired by what he did and the impact he had on um, a lot of young individuals that would always come back and thank him for what, what he did for them and how he impacted their lives. So, I got in out of college and was like, okay, I want to get into coaching. I coach baseball, but I started really getting into basketball. 
got in athletic administration and it was interesting. I, you know, I was in college coaching and I ended up uh, getting out because the money wasn't exactly what I wanted at the time. And I'm like, I'm going to go make a million dollars, right? I'm going to go like start my own business and do real estate and do this and that. And I was in it for a little bit, but then I, I got eventually pulled back into coaching Something I really was like, ah, no, but I, I ended up getting back in and just kind of after that, it's, uh, it's been, you know, developing programs, basketball programs, whether it's camps, um, individual programs in Kansas City and developing, you know, kids through the sport. But it, part of me is I have a passion. I really feel like in sports, we can teach life skills through sports mm. if it's done in the right way. And so that's something I've been focused on over the last so many years. But uh, that's kind of a short glimpse of it but uh you know definitely have a passion for sports and impacting people through the sports they play yeah you know what you said about teaching those life skills i was thinking about it a lot of people relate coaching to just competing in that given sport whatever that might be but it's a lot more than that right i mean there's something about like how us as humans we relate to sports just physical movement and competition that you know and it drives a lot of growth in us and um i can honestly say i remember more lessons from my high school and middle school pe teacher than i do probably from a lot of the academic classes, right? I mean, I just remember some of those things because they taught a lot more of those life lessons like perseverance, fruits of labor, driving through your personal limiting beliefs. And, um, and at the time, you know, I probably didn't think about it, but now I think back and I still remember a lot of those lessons. I had a PE teacher that one time told me, hey, um, a healthy man should be able to run an eight minute mile. And I'm like, okay. And to this day, that still is in my head <laughs> when I'm running. I was like, oh, I better get, I better make sure I keep an eight minute mile, you know, and that just drives me for a lot of things. And, um, and what you and your team does is just amazing to me. And one thing that, um, you know, I was looking at was something that you referenced living in four dimensions, right? And, and I was wondering, could you, can you, can you give us like a synopsis of what that means? Yeah. And when, it, you know, kind of developing this organization called 40 athletes. And mm -hmm. part of the reason is I feel like not only athletes, but people in general, we live pretty much predominantly through one dimension. And that's our bodies. Right. That's what we see through the mirror. That's what we feel most of the time. And so we um, allow our lives to be controlled by our bodies. Right. And that ain't even athletics and in performance, you get to certain limits, you become inconsistent. Uh, people get frustrated because they can't get to new levels or whatever it might be. They feel stuck and they don't understand that the mind controls the body. Mm -hmm. So like a, you talk about like we have these dimensions, you got your body, you got your mind and the body's an instrument of the mind. It's the house you live in. And so when you look at athletics, look at life in general, probably 95 to 98 percent of the time is spent on the physical side, whether it's okay, eat a certain way. And that's important, whether it's strength, conditioning, speed and agility, whatever might be a specific skill set that you're mastering. But we only spend like two to five percent on the mind. Mm -hmm. And the mind controls the body. So and most people don't understand how the mind works. We're a spiritual being that lives in this body, right? We're a form of energy and we're all going to move on to something different. But like even athletics, they form the identity. I'm an athlete. No, you're not an athlete. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of individuals, when they stop doing something, they feel like that's who they are. They struggle with life. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to transition to something different. They don't know how to adapt. And so getting athletes to understand, no, your spiritual being, this is what you do so much more than that. And then also the environments we live in, like Jim Rohn once talked about, we become like, we become the average of the five people we hang out with. Mm -hmm. Right. So understanding who you hang out with is who you become. And then we have this non-physical environment, the law of attraction, you know, what you send out, you attract back. And there's 
it's a process to it. So when you get individual understand these are four dimensions, when you can live on these four dimensions, right? And you can master these areas. Now you live really a fulfilling, successful life. Um, and you can really, whatever it is you decide to do, like we talk to athletes, they're, they're going to end up stop playing a particular sport at one time. Right. They're going to be doing something different. So whether it's in or out of sport, you're going to be able to live a life you truly desire if you understand the four dimensions and understand how to master and live on them. Yeah. And, and everything you just said relates to so much more, right? Athletes, but specifically to most of our audience, a lot of military members. I mean, eventually we're going to transition out and not no longer be wearing the uniform. Uh, we might be the people who are the doers and we start transitioning to now the overseers and the managers and the people who just make the decisions. And that becomes a tough transition for people. And I think um, what you're talking about is developing that mind um, and, and develop that mindset is very important to help us to continue our success, right, in life. And, and something that I noticed was on a menu of things that your team provides, which I think is just awesome, is developing a winner's self-image. You know, I was hoping that you could kind of flesh some of the details out on that. Like, how does one develop a winner's self-image? Because a lot of us, we might portray, a, you know, an image out there into the world, but inside we might not be feeling yeah. that same thing. And I was wondering, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's an excellent point. And if a great book for anyone to read is um, Psycho-Cybernetics by mm. Dr. Maxwell Moles. And he, in 1960, think about this. He was a plastic surgeon. He was doing these surgeries. Yeah. And it might be somebody had like maybe a bump or maybe that distorted nose or whatever it might be for them. So he'd go in and do these surgeries and they would look differently after the surgery. But what do you find out is some people would feel differently too, mm -hmm. even though they look differently, but some individuals wouldn't even feel any different, even though they look differently. Mm -hmm. So it made him think that we have these two, like these two self images. Mm -hmm. We have this, you know, outer image of what we portray to the world of how we dress, how we look, right? how we sometimes present ourselves, but we have this inner self image, mm -hmm. this inner image of who we really are. And really the inner image, he talks about it in it. And, and in the book, he talks about like psyche stands for is Greek for mind. And cybernetics is a science of control and communication in animals and some machines. Mm -hmm. And what he talks about is you'll never outperform your self image mm -hmm. and your self image. And, and we're not born with the self image. We're not born with it, but we are developed the self image over time through our conditioning. The environments we live in, what people are telling us at young ages, we're formed. Okay. And so we talk about these paradigms. Paradigms are multitude of habits, you know, that are conditioning mm -hmm. your subconscious mind. That's where you're, that's where the self-image develops. Mm -hmm. And individuals grow up and they're basically maybe made fun of. They're always, somebody's being critical of them and always being negative toward them, whatever. They develop this negative self-image of themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's how we work. Like you look at people that, you know, struggle in school and they mm -hmm. might be like, um, D C D student or whatever. And they, their, uh, parents and teachers and coaches are trying to discipline. So you got to go get an A, you got to get an A, you got to move your grade up to B plus whatever. And they go study and, and they get, you know, it is, they might sit there and ground them, take stuff away from them, tell them you got to get your grades up and they, they go study. And they'll all of a sudden they go take the test to get their grade up to maybe a B or whatever. Mm -hmm. What happens is it's, it's, that B is not on target with the inner self-image they have of a CMD student. Mm -hmm. What they'll do is they'll continue to go back to those same activities that they're CMD student because that's who they think they are. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to change, again, the image of yourself before anything else is truly going to change and have lasting change. And people all the time, Joe, will ask like, well, how do you do it? You got to think from within and you got to look at who do you want to be? 
Mm-hmm. Like I always tell people, write down, you might look at people you admire or whatever, write down the characteristics of that individual. And you want to see yourself becoming that person, right? Yeah. And you got to recondition yourself to become this type of individual. So now you're creating this winner self image from within, but it takes constant space repetition over time to do these things to develop that new image of yourself. Yeah. And I think, and part of that too, is like you said earlier, like who you're with, who you're around, right? Surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like, instead of, mm-hmm. because I think, man, just, you can change your self image. You can work on that all day, but if you keep on going back into that area where you're in that environment, nonstop, it seems like it could continuously, it's easy for us as humans to try to kind of get sucked right back into it. Well, there's a uh, Marissa Pierce. She does a lot of uh, counseling with individuals. She's she's uh, in England, but she does a lot of stuff with people overseas. People don't feel like they're enough. They don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. So I challenge individuals all the time. It's like she talks about write like on your mirror mm-hmm. or write in areas in your house or put I am enough. Mm-hmm. I am enough and say it. I am enough. You can do eye tests like looking in a mirror, mm-hmm. eye gazing, look at yourself in the eye and just say I'm enough. Mm-hmm. I am enough. I am enough. I love myself mm-hmm. because if you can't love yourself. You can't love other people yeah. and people won't love you. You got to love yourself first. Yeah. Right. But people don't feel like they're enough. And that that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And then what I, what I've seen is that turns into, you think you're loving other people when you're not loving yourself, but it turns into something else like a dependency type thing. Right. More than anything. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. No, I really appreciate it. Here, here's that. the other thing I'll say on the self-image. I, I would give people tips on this is our conscious mind is the thinking mind and we can accept or reject information. And I tell my kids, people I work with all the time, I said, do not take in negative information and get emotionally involved in your subconscious mind. So you got to be the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Like in basketball, think you're going to be the rim protector. You're rejecting stuff. So somebody comes in and says, Joe, you suck, man. Mm-hmm. You're no good. You're ugly, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Don't take it in, get emotional. I'm rejecting it. Mm-hmm. I don't accept it. Do not mm-hmm. take it in. Mm-hmm. Because once you get emotionally involved with these negative type ideas, mm-hmm. right? And you get in your subconscious mind, the mind controls the body. Now this ends up being who you are. But you got to reject these negative things. Do not let the destructive criticism come in and get emotionally involved in it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love what you said there and how you termed that it was destructive criticism versus constructive criticism, right? Cause we want to accept that. But when it's talking, yes. when that criticism is aimed at our character and our person versus some of our behaviors, that's when it becomes destructive. It's like, no, you mm-hmm. just suck. And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, I don't just yeah. suck. What, maybe something I did might've not been good at that moment, you know, and I'd love that feedback, but yeah, that, that's awesome. I really appreciate that coach. So, you know, something else that I, I think is really powerful that y'all coach into um, your young athletes and that could be you built up in any of us can we can learn a little bit more about is grit and mental toughness so what is your approach when it comes to grit and mental toughness well no, another great book for people to read is grit by mm-hmm. angela duckworth mm-hmm. but what's interesting okay so she talks about grit is the ability to have passion and perseverance you know for long-term goals mm-hmm. and i'll tell individuals first you want to have grit First of all, when you develop goals, set goals that scare and inspire you, that mm-hmm. motivate you. Too many people set goals where they already done it before, mm-hmm. or they know how to do it, and they don't get motivated. And when adversity hits or challenges mm-hmm. take place, they don't stay with it. You got to have passion. What are you passionate for, right? And she talks about this, and this is great. The military, she, she studied like uh, – the difference she said, you like West Point. She went in and mm-hmm. she was, she was uh, 
trying to figure out what's the number one predictor for success. She's went into all these different organizations, sports organizations, and she says the number one predictor was grit. Mm. It wasn't talent. It wasn't intelligence. It was grit, the number one predictor. And I think people got to understand is like, you're going you, to be gritty. Like I tell people there's four ways to over, overcome obstacles because you're going to have obstacles come your way, right? right? To become gritty. And the one I tell them is first get a grip, mm-hmm. get a grip. Everybody has adversity. Mm-hmm. Everybody has challenges. What can you learn? What perspective can you get from it? You know, in doing that. And also two, number two talks about, it's like control the controllables. You you can't, you can't control everything in your life, mm-hmm. right? What can you control? What can you, you not control? Don't focus on things you can't control. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell people all the time, like, I think we got to ask for more help. We don't ask for enough help. When you need help, ask. There's people around you that can help you, yeah. right, and find ways. And then I think this is key for, I tell people all the time, this is the military. Going back to, you know, this, but just keep moving. Like the Navy SEALs. I, I love studying the SEALs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the SEALs, they talk about like, it, they have the quote, like, not dead, can't quit. Mm-hmm. I can't quit. And they have that 40% rule. I love this part. 40% rule. It's like, they talk about that. The mind's going to trick the body. It's going to tell you, you have no more. You can't go that next rep. You can't do the next thing. Right. But they believe that the 40% rule, I've only used 40% in the tank. There's, there's 60% left, mm-hmm. left in it. Right. Change the way you're thinking about it. I have more. Right. And you hear like a lot of them in the military, they talk about embrace the suck, mm-hmm. embrace the suck. Things are going to suck. Yeah. Things, you're not going to always do everything you want to do. Right. Each and every day, there's going to be some things that are a little sucky. Don't don't do it. Focus on the negative. Focus on maybe what you can gain from this experience and move forward, become more. And another great book on this part is going back to Carol Dweck. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book on, on, on mindset. Mm-hmm. And this is a key with developing grit. You have to change your mindset. Too many people look at mistakes as failures. Mm-hmm. No. Mistakes are growing experiences. I used to think that way. Oh, I do this. I didn't do well or whatever on this test or this game. I failed. No, I can learn. I can grow. The only way I'm going to fail is I give up on myself. I'm not going to give up on me. Yeah. And I think those are key when you're developing, you know, kind of, uh, you know, grit and this mental toughness and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, focus on what you can control and identifying those, those paradigms that need to be shifted in a way that you can see obstacles as opportunities. I mean, those things are, I mean, it's easy to say it's hard to do in the moment, but it's something that you can continuously build habits towards, right? And start stacking those habits towards. And I think it's a um, great perspective to have. And, and, and you know what I really love about it is that you're teaching these young, you know, the youth these skills early on because, you know, you're planting those seeds for them to be able to deal with it later. Because I, I hear it too often, you know, uh, we talk about, oh, this generation, young, young airmen are coming in and entitled, young service members coming in entitled, and they have all these issues. And I think, yeah, yeah, you're complaining about it, but they bring a lot of skills too. But what are we doing about it? You know, what are we doing to help try to build them? Because they're still impressionable at that age. You're 18 year old, you know, service member coming in, we have opportunities to help build them up, but we got to be the example as well and make sure we practice that ourselves. Well, I think another thing too, talking about grit um, and mental toughness is there's a coach at Northwest Missouri State named Ben McCollum, and he's won two out of the last three national championships in basketball. They might have won it this past year if COVID didn't hit. Mm-hmm. He's got a great program. But 
and he's got great culture within it. But one of his kind of phrases, quotes that he has in his program is impose your will, mm-hmm. impose your will. And when he talks about it, he tells his players, like, we're going to impose our will upon this practice. Mm-hmm. We're tired. We're keeping going. We're going to impose our will upon the officials when they make bad calls. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let it impact us. We're going to impose our will upon the opposing crowd. We're not going to let them get to us. We're going to control what we can control. Like, I'm imposing my willpower upon other things and not letting myself get off track of what I'm focused on getting done. Yeah. And that goes back, like he got that from the art of war from Sun Tzu, like that mm-hmm. book, which is great. And I think when you pose your will, you become more gritty through the right. adversity and the challenges that you go on. And most successful people you've seen, you know, mm-hmm. it is Joe, if you look at the background of what they, all the, a lot of them been through what challenges mm-hmm. been through what people call defeats, mm-hmm. struggles, and they overcame them in their life. Their, their, their life's a great story and inspiration for others now. Yeah. And to do that, because I I think that you can potentially, I would say everybody gets stuff thrown at them, right? But potentially you can try to put yourself in a world where you're always in comfort and you're not going to stretch yourself into those those opportunities that would, you know, open up more chances for you to have to face some of those crucibles in life because you don't want to have to face them. And, um, and that's the thing I think is really something that we really need to help people understand is like, hey, you got to put yourself outside outside your comfort zone so that you can face some of those so that continue to develop that grit and mental toughness moving forward. No, that's great. That's a great point. Yeah. You, you know, and you talked about kind of like when you're talking about the passion piece, right? You know, when we talk about goals, I have often found that people start setting up their goals in alignment with other people's, other people's expectations of them, other people's goals, you know, and even sometimes mentors give, you know, try to line up people to meet their own goals instead of, you know, the goals that they should be pushing them towards. And, you know, you guys also point something out as creating habits in alignment with your goals. What do you mean by that creating habits in alignment with your goals? Well, I, I think, first of all, goal setting is mm-hmm. everybody needs to have goals, right? Right. We have this internal GPS that pulls us forward yeah. to something. And, and most people, they don't have goals, yeah. right? And if you don't have goals, you're just going to let situation life kind of, mm-hmm. it's almost like a boat without a rudder, just mm-hmm. take you upon the rocks and crash. Yeah. So getting goals too that inspire you, yeah. right? So, but you got to develop the habits that are going to allow these goals to become a reality. And I go back one another great book for individuals to you know want to read. It's like Atomic Habit by James mm, Clear. Great book, and yeah. it's an awesome book. Mm-hmm. And Joe, when he talks about it, he says people go about developing habits the wrong way because what they start with, they start with their outcomes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to lose weight. Right. I want to lose 15, 20 pounds. Okay, yeah. for me to do that, okay, now I got to change the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a new diet. Maybe I'm going to exercise differently. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then after all this stuff, I, I lose this weight. Now this is the identity of who I become. Mm-hmm. And you talks about, and it makes more sense. Like think about this 92% of new year's resolutions. They end by Valentine's day mm. by Valentine's day, yep. a month and a half, all these new year's resolutions, my new year is going to be incredible. Outstanding. I'm going to do this <laughs> stuff. A month and a half. It's gone. Think about how many people have been in the military and they're in there in great shape, right? You see them and they mm-hmm. talk about like how they go about stuff, meticulous and their behaviors daily life. And they get outside the military and they maybe like gain all this weight. Mm-hmm. They're out of shape they're, because what? That's not their identity anymore, mm-hmm. right? They left that. If they continue to think I'm this world-class athlete, mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I'm this superior sergeant military, whatever it is, and you see yourself as this individual, then you're going to think about the processes, what you do daily. What am I eating? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not going to, Hey, I'm, I'm this, I'm this championship athlete. I'm an Olympic athlete, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to eat this over here, right? Mm -hmm. Because it matches my identity. Right. And then when you're doing the outcomes, then, then, then this process is going to take you the outcomes you're going to get. And I think that's so key in habits is start with your, the identity of what you want financially. Mm-hmm. If you're a mess and you're in debt, whatever, see yourself as this financial mastery, this mm-hmm. guru, that's your identity, right? Start there. And yeah. I think that's key when you're developing habits, start at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of go back to my old PE teacher, Mr. Nunes. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this, but I remember him and I remember his name and, you know, the whole eight minute mile thing. And to this day, you know, my identity, I mean, it hit me in the soul. It said, Hey, if you're a man, you should be able to run an eight minute mile. Right. And I'm not saying that everybody out there has to have that same, you know, feeling towards it. It's just something that I, to this day, that's, that's a marker for me, you know, and it drives me to continuously stay healthy, to hit that goal. And and you're hundred percent right. What's your identity and align those goals with it. And that's where I see, like I, like I mentioned is when we fail to meet our goals, cause they're not our goals. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're not really ours. You know, they're, they're, they're not lined up with our identity. Like you said, they're, they're somebody else's identity. Maybe our parents said you should do this or somebody else told you this yeah. or whatever it is. And you haven't really aligned yourself with that. And then, you know, what's the, what's the chance that you're actually going to achieve that? Because it's not even lined up with your values. Well, here, here's the other thing you mentioned. Okay. I think it was 80, it's either like 83 or 85% of people don't even enjoy what they're doing. Mm. They don't enjoy what they're doing in their life their mm-hmm. career. That, that is amazing. That high percentage of people don't even like what they're doing. Right. Because what? They're not passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So to me, it goes back to what are you passionate about? So many people, you ask them like, what do you want? And most people are like, I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. I think they're lying to themselves. If they were honest with really what they want and they took out a, I could have anything I want and I don't have to worry about how it's going to be done. What do I want? And write it down. Mm-hmm. And they start getting true with themselves. They could start writing down some stuff that really excites them mm-hmm. and they could get goals that are going to motivate them and drive them forward. Yeah. And a friend of mine, uh, Farnoosh Brock even said that like, sometimes it's really hard for us to get in that mode when we're like, Hey, what, what really matters to me and all that. But because of the way we're negatively biased, sometimes we can re- at least get to yeah. the point where we're writing all the stuff we don't want, right? This is what I don't want. You know, you start figuring out maybe it can help you guide you towards what you do want. And then you end up writing a bunch of stuff you don't want. And you're like, wait, that's my life right now. <laughs> that's what I'm living right now. So it can help you hopefully motivate you. to. Well, and I, and I, I think the other thing is like, when you create habits and this is the thing James Clare talks about is like, Habits are made by, you know, they talk about 21 to six, six days, you know, there's been all kinds of studies. I'll tell individuals, Hey, go to, go to 66. It could be a, a new habit of form of 45, whatever, but keep going until you get established. But he talks about like, you, you, there's a cue, the cue, right? There's something that triggers you and it gives you a craving that you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then you take the action, you get the reward, the dopamine, you get that reward. So mm-hmm. what you got to make sure is we got to develop the positive habits right? And we got to remove it. And if you have a negative habit, I challenge individuals, don't try to change five to 10 habits at one time, mm-hmm. right? Too many. Focus on one habit, one, two at the max. Focus on that one negative habit. And when you focus on a negative habit you need to get rid of, mm-hmm. then you need to replace it with a positive habit because you don't, you create a vacuum and new negative habits coming in. And there's, you know, you think about it like, 
I tell people all the time, if you have a negative, like you want to get rid of a negative habit, what do you got to do? Make them visible. Hmm. Make, see it, right? Because I'm going to trigger you. And then you got to make it like unattractive that you don't want to do it. Make it difficult to do. Like hmm. the process, like I think we have to go through like, same thing with the positive, make it obvious. What's the obvious thing? Okay, I'm going to start exercising. You wake up in the morning where your shoes are right at the uh, front of your bed, bang, mm-hmm. right? And make it attractive. Maybe you have something where, hey, I got my book there too. I know if I go run on the treadmill, whatever, and read my book while I do it, it's going to be a habit stack. It's going to make it attractive, mm-hmm. right? And then make it easy. It's simple to do. All I got to do is take the shoes, my book, hit, go, go right downstairs. Uh, tap it and start getting a treadmill, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. right? And make it rewarding afterwards. What's a reward? Something that can be gratifying for it. So I think when you do this, habits make or break you. Mm-hmm. Habits are who you become. I mean, it's, it's what you're going to become. So we got to develop the habits. And then I always tell people, when you get done going to bed at night, ask yourself, did I do the things I need to do today to get to me where I need to be? And if your mm-hmm. habits are not on par with your goals for a day, do something before you go to bed that leads you in that direction. Hmm. Let me ask you something, coach. Do you think that, you know, you get to this point where you're in this positive uh, world where you're developing these habits, you're living to them, you're going to them and, and you do it, you know, you're, you're listening to audio books while you're running, you know, you're, 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 you're building these, yeah. these great skills, but it's possible to hit a plateau still, right? Like you're like, okay, now I feel like I'm in a rut. I don't know. I know this isn't exactly something we were going to talk about, but I was wondering what your perspectives on that is. How do you get yourself out that rut? Yeah. I mean, there are sometimes you feel like you plateaued, right? Mm-hmm. And you're struggling with that. What I will do is I, I will do something. And sometimes I'll tell people too, at times, like you might have to do something to go relax and have fun. Mm. You know, maybe it's something to go enjoy and, and like watch a funny movie, go do right. something like to decompress a little bit, mm. uh, to get folks back in, or it could be something that I'll do. I'll go out and do something, even stretch myself to another, you know, mm. maybe I'm, going might run a certain miles a day. I might go, I'm going to, I'm going to run another couple miles a day. I'm going to push myself past mm-hmm. a point that I don't mm-hmm. think I can do. Right. Like, what is this something that you can even take yourself outside of a comfort zone you're in? Mm-hmm. Because the learning they talk about the best learning, um, like in athletics, we talk about the learning curve. You can be in about 60% mastery mm-hmm. in the sense of like 60, I should say mastery, about 60% about success rate around in that rate where you're succeeding, but you're failing maybe 40% of the time. So it yeah. continues to stretch you. Right. So I'll tell individuals too, what are you doing to stretch yourself outside of where you're at to not continue to get in that same rut yeah. where you're doing the same things over again? You might change up, maybe it's even exercise. Change up your routine of your exercise. Mm-hmm. Not doing the same thing for, maybe you did it over for three months. Okay, what can you do differently to shock your body yeah. to change it up where it's not the same over and over again? You're doing your exercise, but you're changing out how you're exercising. So you're yeah. impacting your body in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think we can get into that mode where, you know, you, you seem like you get the initial changes whenever you start really start habit stacking, right? You get to that mode where I, I call it the honeymoon phase of a diet or a routine or whatever it is. You see like exponential changes and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then you get to that mode where you're like, all right, I've been doing some awesome stuff, but nothing's changing anymore, you know? And I think those are some great tips to help you continue. Here, here, here's it. Here's the other thing too, Joe, people need to understand. So here's the other thing about habits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Say for example, um, I want to, I want to lose 70 pounds, right? You're overweight. Okay. The, the next day you decide I cleaned out my cabinets. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat salad, eat a salad, eat lean protein. I have a vegetable. I'm going to drink uh, this amount of water throughout the day. 
and I'm not eating the donuts, not eating ice cream, not eating whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a positive change, right, that day. But are people going to see the that change? Are they going to see the impact of that in that one day? Mm-hmm. They're know. not. They're not right. So they don't think it really, it makes like some people are doing this for a little while and they don't see the, the drastic change. They're like, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a slowly progression that takes place. A lot of times the same thing with the negative habit. People don't see like, ah, eating his French fries, smoking these cigarettes, whatever. I don't feel it right now. It's mm-hmm. not a bit, but it has that compound effect over time, either in a positive or negative way. Mm-hmm. And I would say too, is I would tell people, like when you get down, discouraged, whatever, watch things inspiring, motivational thing. You can go on a YouTube, pump up like, you know, all kind of individuals that can give you things that can inspire you, motivate you. What are you listening to? Mm-hmm. Right? What are you saying to yourself? I tell people all the time, like affirmations, affirming things yourself, repeating things yourself, mm-hmm. watching things, listening things that are empowering and motivational that move you in those goals that keep you your mind right. Because I go back to this is mind training. We don't do much mind training. We do 95 to 98% body training, physical training. We do 2 to 5% of mind training. And we have all this problem with anxiety, mm-hmm. depression. I mean, you can go on and on with the issues we have. Why are we not doing more mind training? Yeah. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you. I mean, I 100% agree. I think um, for me, I've been trying to prioritize that more and more because I know that, you know, that's the part that's going to be susceptible to some stuff. You could be physically strong, but you know, if you're, your mind, if you don't, you don't take care of it, there's going to be some stuff that comes down to pipe soon. And, and, you know, something else that you talked about when I was asking you about the plateau was, you know, may go do something fun, do something maybe that'll inspire you. And another thing that I love that y'all focus on is prioritizing self-care because I think that's something we don't talk about enough. When you see your successful people out there, I don't think enough of them are showing that they're also taking care of themselves they're just showing all the amazing things that they're doing and all their accomplishments so what what do you guys uh promote when they're talking about uh prioritizing self-care yeah i mean we we try to emphasize that understanding like well one is do you treat your body like a trash can or Mm -hmm. do you treat it like a million dollar racehorse Mm -hmm. you treat it like a you know uh a ferrari what do you treat it like Mm -hmm. and so we'll start there and we'll be like okay now we got to get in let's break this down one is nutrition what are you putting in your body? You know, what you put in your body is what you become. Right. Right. And, and food is energy. Mm-hmm. Like they've taken food under like microscopes and they look at the megahertz of energy of food. They take like a, a French fry from McDonald's and it has like almost zero energy. You take like an alfalfa sprout or spinach or whatever, avocado. It's got like, like 200, like it's in these high levels of energy. Mm-hmm. So again, what are you eating? That's right. key. Okay, so we'll get into that and talk about it. The second thing from that is hydration. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? Right. Think about it. Our body is what? Almost research studies, 60 to 80%, they talk about, depends mm-hmm. you look at, we're based yeah. of water. Right. Water, mm-hmm. right? So how much water are we drinking throughout the day? We should be drinking half our body weight. Most mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. And even in the morning, I'll tell people, when I wake up in the morning, I have a big glass of water, right? And I wake up, I'm guzzling it down. Mm-hmm. I'm hydrating myself at the beginning of the day because I'm dehydrated. So you're doing that. And water, are we not carbonated water? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not people, oh, I drink carbonated water. That actually dehydrates you. Mm-hmm. That's less oxygen in your body. And water, what's HO, you bring an oxygen into your body with what you're doing. 
So we'll get into, you know, talk about like water, how to drink the water, make sure, again, would you like to drink water that doesn't have like maybe not, not tap water? If you had to drink that scrape, but you drink it to where, you know, it's, it's clean of its impurities and things like that. But again, like we drink so much soda. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's one of the worst things you can drink, the right. poison, the sugar, the stuff right. that's in it. Even, even when you talk about like athletes are so programmed, drink Gatorade. Mm-hmm. drink power drink all that it's got all these food coloring in it mm-hmm. it's got all these sugars in it. it's got all, all you need water mm-hmm. water if you want to put some lemon in it you want to put something yeah you want to put some things like that electrolytes in it, if you do that mm-hmm. so we'll get into that and then we talk about sleep sleep's mm-hmm. so important most people don't get good sleep so talk about like getting to sleep preparing yourself before you go to bed at night i i challenge people before you go to bed at night turn your electronics off mm-hmm. right at least an yeah. hour before yeah. If you can, you know, get the, you know, glasses that block out the, the Blu-ray and block yeah. that out because your melatonin, it's, it's not being released and thinks it's still daytime. It takes right. a while to get in these, these sleep patterns. So get a, a routine that gets you relaxed mm-hmm. and gets you into having great sleep, like mm-hmm. getting good sleep. So we get in and talk about sleep so important I and mean, people, they, they don't respect the sleep. Sleep rejuvenates you. Right. And they've done studies where people have less sleep. They've done, I think, in the military, they've taken people that have like maybe four hours of sleep. Five, they lessen the hours of sleep they got out, off of like seven hours. Mm-hmm. And each hour that they decrease sleep, their percentages that on the shooting range lessen. Oh, yeah. Like absolutely. their accuracy. Yeah. Lessen. Sure. Mm-hmm. So sleep is so valuable and important. I think, like you talk about the mind, self care. What are you doing with your mind? Mm-hmm. Do you have like, do you pray? Do you have a meditation practice? Do you have things mm-hmm. to slow your conscious mind down, to relax and get into your subconscious mind and, and to really to do mind training? Mm-hmm. So we get into these type of things of self-care, those kind of four areas that we kind of dive into and we challenge athletes to really focus on being kind of balanced in these areas yeah. of, of having true self-care. Man, I love your point on sleep too. I don't know if you've ever heard Dr. Matthew Walker talk about sleep. Yeah, oh, man. Mm-hmm. And when he talked about, just when he talked about like literally we're at, while we're awake, we're getting like low levels of brain damage and we sleep is how we heal it. Man, that had me right there. Like I need to make sure I get some sleep because the, my biggest fear is to have to depend on everybody else when I'm at a certain age, you know, like whatever it might be. That's like my biggest fear. And I'm just like, wow, you know, that had me right there. And he, yeah, if anybody has not listened to Dr. Matthew Walker, he's on like everybody's podcast, just a lot of great stuff there. But yeah, sleep, so important. And then the nutrition piece, I think um, when you talked about soda, I tell people all the time, if you just stop drinking soda, just that, oh, just change that yes. one habit because you see them just guzzling down soda. sodas. Right, right. It's like, oh my right. God. Terrible. Right. Yeah, terrible. Right. And it's like, if you just did that, you don't have no idea. Your gut health would be better. Like, just oh. overall, like everything, your sugar intake would drop dramatically. You'd lose weight just from doing that. Just from doing that. And that's another topic. Another, but gut health, like you talk yeah. about, that is so important. Like, your gut is mm-hmm. really what you're becoming. And then you talk about sleep. I, I, I challenge individuals before you go to bed at night, mm-hmm. like, listen or affirm things to yourself, visualize. Mm-hmm. because the la- when you hit the pillow at night, you're, when you go to sleep, your conscious mind set aside, right? right? Your subconscious mind's totally work because you're breathing, your heart's mm-hmm. pumping, blood flowing. So your subconscious mind's working through the night. So implant, like plant these seeds of things that you desire, you want your life, affirm these things, mm-hmm. visualize, see them happen, get the most yeah. involved in it. So it's working 
for you when you're even sleeping at night and there's a whole kind of strategy behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that too for myself and I go back and forth towards it. Gratitude journaling or just journaling affirmations and stuff like that before I go to sleep or at least some point during the day yeah, really try good. to focus on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, part of self-care also is recovery, right? Allowing yourself to recover. And me personally, people that know me real close will tell you that I suck at that, like allowing myself to recover, right? And I try to wear my watch at night to, to when I wake up to see what my heart rate is when I wake up to see if I, you know, if I might have overtrained or whatever it might be. But, but do you have any tips on recovery and explaining it's the difference? It's of funny that? you say that because uh -huh. we, when our athletes, we talk about this P mm -hmm. squared mm -hmm. plus R squared equals consistent success. Mm. So P squared plus R squared equals consistent success. So we tell them first you have to, you have to go out and you have to prepare. Mm -hmm. You got to prepare. What do right. you prepare? You prepare your mind and body for performance, right? Mm. So whether it's preparing for a game or whatever it is, I'm going to get my mind visualizing, seeing myself, meditating, whatever it is before I'm stretching, mm -hmm. actually getting my body ready to perform at a high level. Now I got to go perform, right? And whether whatever you're doing, you perform. But when you get done, now what you have to do is you have to recover, mm -hmm. right? How do you recover? Well, in ath athletics, we'll tell them maybe some of them are taking ice baths, or some mm -hmm. of them are like, you know, getting getting iced up. Um, also, you know, they're making sure like afterwards they're drinking, getting hydrated. Um, they'll, you know, you'll see a lot of professional sports teams now, especially in the NBA, they'll do like these cold uh, veggie, you know, kind of these uh, cold press juices. Mm -hmm. that they'll have and they kind of have every athlete they monitor out and they know exactly kind of what they need so they'll make sure they get the nutrition that they need right after the performance mm -hmm. so you're getting your performance same thing you got to get the sleep right? right we'll tell individuals maybe they get rollers out and they're rolling out their muscles getting the yeah. lactic acid out and stuff like that so again you have to recover recovery is such a key and if you're going all the time, all the time, all the time, mm -hmm. and you're getting no sleep, you're getting no recovery, and also downtime, like you talk about, is there time for yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you watching something? Maybe it's funny. It makes you just relax and just kind of just chill out. We all need that at times. Yeah. So but your recovery is a big part of it. Yeah, I think that's just so key. And like I said, I, that's something that I need to work on. There's a couple of things I need to work on. One is that whole, uh, we talked about earlier is just having grace with yourself. And the other thing is uh, recovery, like taking the time to make sure that, you know, you take the time to recover for sure. Hey, so like, you know, when I was first looking you up after we got connected, there's like multiple websites out there that you, that you have going on. You have so many things happening. Um, I, I wanted to give this opportunity for you to tell, like, how do people get a hold of you? How do people find out more about what you're doing? And, you know, maybe if they want to get, they get interested in contact you, how do they do that? Yeah, I have a site, coachuber.com. Um, so that's, that's one H-U-B-E-R's last name. And, um, and then we have another site that we're just coming out with that, We've been working on, we're getting ready to roll it out. Um, actually, this month is called 4D, so the number 4dathletes.com. And uh, so it's teaching essential life skills for sports. We feel like that we have a, we could change this world by really using sports as a carrot to teach life skills, help people succeed. Um, so those are two areas that you can, you can find me, information, and reach out to me if you have any questions or need anything in those two areas. Awesome. Great. We'll make sure we put that out on the, on the show notes for this. And coach, man, this is such a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming into lounge and sharing some of your wisdom and some of your experiences. Well, coach, Joe, I, I really appreciate you with what you're doing. Cause I know like 
Jason introduced us and you're doing some amazing things. Just the, the information you're providing for individuals. And I want to say this, especially even I told you before, like being in the military, mm-hmm. I've had family in the military. I have not served the military, mm-hmm. but I have a, a real respect for the military and the sacrifices that you go through to provide safety and freedom for us. So thank you for what you do. Oh man, it's an honor. It's an honor. And just being able to talk to amazing people like you, it makes it all worth it. And uh, whenever we try to wrap these up, we, we wrap it up with what we call the leadership rapid fire. All right. So we're just going to, it's a series, just four questions. I'm going to ask you okay. it's however you want to interpret it and however you want to answer it. And rapid is very loosely. I don't even know why we call it rapid. So, <laughs> so uh, question number one, what is your favorite leadership trait and why? I think for me is more of, um, I would say, God, you give me a servant heart attitude of mm. what I want for myself and what for others and serving them first. Um, mm. So they go first, I go last. Mm. All right. Question number two, what is your favorite quote? Um, what the eyes of a person can see and believe they can't achieve. Mm. And what, what getting into that is the eyes from within, mm. not outside, Mm-hmm. from within the vision the dreams you're creating from within and you can see it from within right and you believe it you get emotionally mm-hmm. involved and believe it and go take action you can eventually achieve it yeah all right question number three what is a book that you would recommend to an aspiring leader i'll tell you what i i think that we just on here i would get the atomic atomic habits okay I mean, I'm right. telling you if i if if you're going to be a leader and you're going to find out how to create habits on a daily basis that are going to get to you where you need to be and also motivate others to create those habits. I think habits make or break us. And I would say that would be a great book. Yeah. And that's one that you can just constantly go back and revisit too. It's just an amazing book. (laughs) All right. The final question. This is a deep question of the day at the Llama Lounge. We're all about life, learning and leadership. So how does coach Huber find his harmony between life, learning and leadership? You know, for me, I think um, I, I, how I start my day and just what I want to get into is I, I spend probably about an hour time of just meditation, mm. <laughs> of, of getting my mind clear, um, of being able to tap into my intuition um, of, of what I feel like that God's calling me, what I need to be doing for that day. So how I start my day is so key and not letting other people control my day mm. um, from electronics, the emails and that to start my day with, again, having a clear mind and being, I feel like led and directed by God, the infinite source or whatever someone would want to call for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And once again, thank you coach coming on here. And I hope I could have you on here again one day. Cause I think we could talk about multitudes of other oh, topics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'd have to have you on. We'll get you on. We're going to, yeah. we're going to be having a podcast too. So we'll get you on and We'll tap into your knowledge. That's oh, man. Be doing too. Oh, man. That'd be an honor. I really, I really look forward to that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Jay, Jason and I are going to get you on. We're going to oh, have you on. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Okay. All right. Cool. I'll be looking out for that invite. And um, thank you so much once again. And to all our listeners, as always, be safe, stay healthy. The llamas are out.